Welcome to the Made for Monday podcast, where we're talking to men and women just like you who are pursuing faith in the workplace, trying to figure out how to integrate what they believe about Jesus and how they're living that out in their day-to-day work. Our guest today has over 15 years of experience in merchandising, marketing, and finance, including working with Fortune 500 companies such as Nestle, PetSmart, and Boeing. She is currently pursuing her doctorate degree in marketing, all while running her own company. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica Berger. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about your background, 15 years of experience working with some major companies along the way. Where did you start? Yeah, I think like so many of us, we sort of just took that first job out of college, didn't know exactly what we were doing, took a job with Boeing, which was really exciting to be a part of a big company. And uh, I was buying airplane parts. I knew nothing about what I was doing. You're like fresh out of college, yes. buying airplane parts. Yes, I would. And there's get, a lot of parts on a plane. Yes, I would get these calls for emergency C-17. You know, they're on the floor. They are not on the floor, on the ground. And uh, they couldn't move. And they would call me and say, hey, I need such and such part and I need it now. Okay. And so, you know, meanwhile, I had studied marketing and I'm buying airplane parts. A little strange. But (laughs) what did did that teach you? I mean, like early on, because yeah, you're, you're studying marketing, but now you're in this like customer service, hustle, gotta make it work. What'd you end up learning through that experience? Gosh, well, I was a little stuck in 1980 because I was working for an aerospace company that was still a little behind the game. So I learned how to use a fax machine, which was like, (laughs) okay, didn't learn this one in college. Um, But really quickly got thrown into maybe situations where I just had to learn and I had to just take upon myself to, you know, take the time to step in, jump in, ask for help, um, connect with my team. It was really interesting out of the gate because when I graduated college, I was only 19 years old. And I was working with people that were, you know, so much older than me. And I quickly found a way to just connect with them about whatever it was I was doing, um, to find the way to sort of lean into the team. And I was pretty insecure about my age coming out of the gate. And... Um, you know, I had some hurdles there along the way. What would you say to some young leaders? We got people listening that are yeah. fresh out of college. They're at their first job. And so they're feeling that insecurity. They want to lead. They want to excel. But what, what advice would you give early on? Yeah, I think it's so easy, especially for myself. I guess I'm a self-proclaimed zenial these days. I'm kind mm-hmm. of a Gen X millennial, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's this kind of assumption that there is an expectation or something entitled. And I think most of us really as young leaders don't actually have that mentality. Mm -hmm. We're just very eager and we come out ready to kind of conquer the world. That's how I was. And I had to be humbled a bit to say, wait a minute, I got to learn, you know, the ropes. I've got to take the time to sort of invest in the team. I have to be willing to be a part of the team. You know, it's not just me. It's, it's all of us. Um, so yeah, I think in long, young leadership, you have to take the time to really say, hey, I, I've got all these hopes and dreams, but I also have so much to learn from these other people that have been here. That's great. And that's such a unique posture for, uh, for employers to be able to see. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, here's somebody who's ambitious, smart, but humble. That'll set you apart. That's unique because that isn't the norm amongst uh, younger employees. Absolutely. And and really in that humility, you show through your actions, your abilities, and you know, those things are honored by the opportunities that are given to you. So I always say it's really about, you know, 
putting in the time, putting in the effort. And then when those opportunities come, it's not going to be about your age or sort of your generation. It's going to be about your leadership opportunities or your leadership abilities to step into that role. And I think when I look back at my career, so much of that is, you know, me just being committed to putting in the time to learning. You know, I think for me, it's always been what is going to allow me to continually be learning not necessarily to step into something that I can just, you know, do so easily or sort of step in um, without that humble approach of like, hey, teach me. I want to learn from you. Um, I think it's important to step in that way because we all have so much to learn. I learn stuff every day, you know, and that's the rest of our life for sure. Absolutely. So you started in Boeing. Mm -hmm. And then what was next after Boeing, uh, you know, scrambling for airplane parts? (laughs) What what came after that? Yeah, so then I actually, we moved to Arizona. So I moved here two weeks before my son was born and it was a little little crazy. And home building was everything here in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And so I went to work for home builders. I went to work for Meritage Homes and really got into the finance side. And again, I'm a marketing major. I've been buying airplane parts and now I'm going into accounting. Okay, this is how life happens sometimes. And uh, really just found a lot of interest in, my mom had been a realtor growing up. So I had a lot of interest sort of in the industry and just started in finance. And and really with the growth and the boom, there was a lot of opportunity. Um, So stepped into that, moved up within the organization and served as a controller for Meritage Homes where I was, you know, signing financial statements. and You're deep into accounting at that point. Yeah, really, really deep. And (laughs) um, thought, gosh, maybe I should get my master's so I can be a CPA. Um, So I decided I'm just going to go study accounting so I could sort of balance my marketing degree. And But even in that role, I was probably, gosh, I was only like 23 and I was already leading teams. And what's crazy is those teams were they were all older than me again. Mm-hmm. And I was put back in that position where I was having to lead and mentor and develop people that really on paper should have been leading me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really the amazing thing as I look back in my career that God's put me into those places where I could lead and develop and pour into people. And it's so great because even 10, 12, 13 years ago, I still have people that were on my team that I am still connected with. You know, I still get to um, watch their career, sort of be their cheerleader from the sidelines. And it's been it's been really rewarding, so. And that's one of those signs of showing that there was true relationship building that was taking place, that even after you're no longer working there, you, you stay connected. And mm-hmm. to even find, I just, even as we're talking, I wish people could see, there's joy and interest in your eyes of those employees that you led in the past. That just shows that you care, that that you care deeply about the team. And that's probably why you guys have been able to stay connected. They knew that. They felt that. Yeah, I think so much of being a leader is really about them and not you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. And one of his books is Leaders Eat Last. Yeah. And it's this idea that really your team comes before you. And again, that takes a lot of humility. That takes the opportunity to set aside what I've done, what I've accomplished, where I am to help build them up. And I love today that I'll still get phone calls, you know, hey, I just wanted to call you. I got a promotion or I got this new job. Or sometimes I'll get a call and they'll say, hey, I'm really struggling with this issue. And I wanted to just bounce it off of you. And these could be people I worked with 10 years ago or two years ago. I was able to just bring in, um, one of the 
girls that was on my team 12 years ago. I was able to just bring her into my classroom to speak this week. And it was just, I had so much joy just watching her and seeing her career progression. And I think at the end of the day, my ability to be a leader is really going to be defined by the legacy of those that were on my team. So well said. So you're at Meritage, housing boom here in Phoenix, rocking and rolling. Then what happened? The big crash. <laughs> so in finance, we definitely saw it was coming before everybody else. Mm. So I jumped ship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was definitely a God thing because six months later, a lot of my friends didn't have jobs. Um, but I went to work for PetSmart, great organization here in the Valley, about 1,500 employees here. Did you finally get to do some marketing? Not right away. <laughs> you know, God has a great sense of humor. So um, I actually moved over in finance with them and had some amazing opportunities. Um, I had a crazy, someday someone called me in their office and said, hey, do you want to run investor relations? And I'm like, sure. I don't know anything about it, but sounds great. Yeah. And he was like, sure. And I said, yeah, I'm saying sure, because I honestly don't know what I'm signing up for. <laughs> and um, that was a really crazy experience. Uh, I wrote earnings calls. We were a publicly held company at the time. Um, I was in New York on Wall Street meeting with investors. I got to do our first uh, opening of the bell in NASDAQ in Times wow. Square, which was really cool. And um, again, I was in this place where I was surrounded with executives and all these people that had so much more, I guess, experience and so much more life mm -hmm. behind them. And I uniquely think that God put me into that place to really have an impact, even for senior leadership. You know, we would have conversations about their life. I remember our CEO, you know, talking to me about the struggles he had had in his life with his kids and his, and his marriage. And, you know, I was able to pour into him. Here I'm sitting on a corporate jet, having a conversation with the CEO thinking, this is crazy, God. Like, I don't know why you have me here, but I'm here for whatever that is. And it's just... I love it. I love seeing how God's placed me into some crazy situations. And it sounds like it started with you just having the posture of, sure, I'll try it. That, you know, like <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord. I've, I've uh, worked hard in my education. I've worked hard in every opportunity that has been handed to me that I've been able to steward. And so, sure, why, why can't I learn what it takes to be in this role? And by eliminating that fear or maybe walking through that fear in the midst of that fear, God puts you in a place of opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I honestly didn't know a thing about stocks. I yeah. think I had done an exercise in fifth grade where we got to buy some stocks, you know, of our favorite companies and see how they performed. That's about the experience I had. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think, again, it's just about whether you think just from the journey of life and just whatever calling God has on your life or your career, I always think that it's not necessarily about sort of that path. I think it's about just being open and flexible to opportunities when yeah. doors are opened and doors will be closed too. You know, I've had times where doors have been closed and I don't understand why that door was closed. But in this example, I think that um, just being open to whatever, wherever God wants to place me has created these opportunities that I couldn't have even dreamed about. Yeah. And for those of you listening, some of you, there may be that opportunity in front of you right now. And you've got these voices in your head saying, oh, you're not good enough. 
you don't have enough experience, you're going to fail at that, where you're currently at has security to it. And I just want to encourage you, I'm listening to Jessica here and, and like to consider what risk does God want you to take? How does he want you to step out in faith? Trusting him that he's going to provide the wisdom and insight and opportunity. Don't hold yourselves back. God's placed us where he's placed us for the work that he has prepared for us. And so we need to step out in faith and trust him that he's going to lead us. And so I, I love what you're saying. I hope that's an encouragement to those that are listening to not be afraid, but move forward in all that God has for us. Yeah, I think it's so many people think that their career has to be linear. It just has to be a straight line. And I think what I've determined is that it's actually more like a big puzzle piece. You know, it's like all these puzzle pieces mm -hmm. that kind of come together and, you know, God uniquely puts things on your heart or puts interests or passions, things into your heart for a reason, you know? And sometimes being, you know, well, I'm not really fulfilled in what I'm doing. It's because when we're not stepping into that purpose and that passion that God has for our life, we're sort of living day by day based on our current emotions. And when you're like, you know what, God I, God, I know you have a plan for me. And so these are the things I'm passionate about. I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna put in the time. I'm gonna honor you and all that I do and just open those doors. Yeah. And I'll trust that it'll all work out somehow. And it always does. Absolutely. So you're with PetSmart. Things going well. What's next? Yeah, so I had a great career with PetSmart. I was there for seven years. Um, met my husband there, Dustin, who is definitely uh, my best friend, my partner in crime. And, um, you know, from there, I just, I had done some marketing. So I finally actually got to do mm -hmm. some marketing and merchandising. I was buying and leading promotional teams and just had a great experience. But I wanted to kind of get the flip side experience. I wanted to go out and create and I wanted to be a part of sort of the process of creating the products um, before they got to the retailer. Yeah. So uh, then that ultimately led you to kind of your next uh, step with Nestle was the next big thing. Yeah. So um, again, you know, I stepped out in faith and someone said, hey, I've got this opportunity for you to uh, run a national sales team and here's kind of what you would do and, um, you know, would you be interested? You'd have six people to start and, you know, you'd have to do some traveling. And again, I was like, sure. I, <laughs> I, I don't really know a lot about sales. I've never done sales before, but I, I, I'll figure it out. You know, I like leading teams. And so I still remember the first day I met my team. It was that same feeling of like, why am I here? I'm not qualified to be here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I think they got confused. You know, they should have chose somebody else or... And then as I got to know my team, it was just so quickly apparent that my job was to pour into these people and to um, help just be a guide for them in both their career and their personal lives. And, you know, they became family. And so, again, it's like God just put me into that place to say, hey, don't worry, you'll learn how, you'll learn the how, but I already know the why. Mm. And, and that's why... I'm going to continue to put you into these situations. And um, it was the most fulfilling thing. Yeah. You know, I got to lead a team and, and be a part of something and celebrate their wins. And, you know, I learned how to do the sales side. You know, that, yeah. was, that was the easy part. Wow. So over the span of 15 years, 
you got to learn uh, sales, accounting, marketing, hustle. You know, just <laughs> a e- lot of hustle. A lot of hustle. Uh, just EQ, interpersonal relationships, team dynamics, leadership. Uh, and then you kind of came to a crossroads. Like you've been doing the corporate thing with some major companies. And then all of a sudden, there kind of came a moment where you were ready for a little bit of a change. Yeah. Walk us through that. Yeah, I think uh, for about five years, I did have a very heavy travel schedule. So my last big travel year, I flew 75 flights that year. And, you know, having a household... Of- so everybody's listening, yeah, 75 flights a year. Yeah. Like... 52 weeks, like you're, you're flying a lot. a lot. Yes, yes. I was traveling just about every week, you know, gone at least three days mm-hmm. a week. And, you know, we have three kids at home. So we have two that just started in ninth grade, one that started um, sixth grade. And, you know, we were able to make it work. You know, we found the ways to piece it all together with a lot of help, with a lot of planning, you know, but I realized I was missing out on so many things. Um, you know, I was missing out on choir concerts. I was missing out on in-school activities. Um, I wasn't always able to take them to school or pick them up. And I just, I had a kind of an epiphany where I realized all of a sudden that I was sacrificing those moments yeah. um, at the expense of kind of pursuing an identity and that success. You know, when you get to a certain level, regardless of you intentionally doing it or not, your identity becomes so vested in that position. And so I had so many people relying on me, so many people that needed me, um, that it came at the expense of time with my family, time being home. You know, this idea of work-life balance is talked about so much. Well, the reality is that it's always a balancing act. Every time you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. And so there's sort of this idea or this myth that you can kind of have it all. And yes, you can have all the right things and the right priorities, but you can't have it all at once. And so, you know, through a lot of prayer for about six months, uh, Dustin and I really spent time reflecting and praying about it. And, you know, one day... He'd be all like, yeah, this, you know, you need, this is the path and I'm not ready. You know, and then the next day I'd be ready and he wasn't ready. You know, we kind of did this little bouncing back and forth that I think as a marriage, you kind of do. Yeah. And then it just came to a point and we said, you know what? This is not the right time to do this anymore. I can always go back. I can always pursue, you know, career and success and title and all those external things but we've got four or five years left, you know, with the oldest kids. And then they're going to be gone and I can't get that time back. And so it's really um, kind of a sacrificial thing that we did to say, hey, we're going to live off one income if we have to. But really it was more about trusting because it became so apparent that God was giving us permission or giving me permission to step away from the pursuit of success. And it's like overnight, that pressure and that feeling for, I have to do this and I have to keep moving and I have to keep moving up or my team needs me. Like all of that went away and it was God saying, you know what, I'm going to take care of you guys. I'm, I'm telling you and I'm prompting you to take this time to invest in your family and um, maybe to even follow some other dreams. 
And in that moment, oh my gosh, when I resigned, I had a lot of people staring at me like, what are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. you have everything. You have this great title, great position. You have, you know, a great income. Like, what don't you have? And I said, I don't have time with my kids that I can get back. And um, so, yeah, I I don't, we don't regret it. God's been really uh, faithful in this time. I've been technically, you know, unemployed from the corporate world for about a year, but it's been the best year. So, Wow. And I really appreciate how you said it. You wrestled through it for years mm-hmm. and and you and your husband went back and forth because it sounds like God, you know, kept peeling back these layers. You mentioned the identity. Our, our jobs so define us. That becomes a source of our identity. It's it's who we are. It's what we get to brag about. It's what we get to show off to people we went to high school with. <laughs> All those different things. It, it becomes your identity. And then it's also opportunity. Like I'm moving forward. I've got the the wind to my back. The the sails are full. Like if I change directions, if I lower the sails for a little bit, will I be able to regain that momentum? And that's scary to have to process through. Um, and then the finances, like that's a real thing. And uh, so it sounds like there was a real journey to be able to unpack each of those and really be able to have clarity on core value that you want right now in your life. And that's to be able to invest in your kids and family. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, Ashley just spoke about it this weekend, just about those promptings. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll get those promptings probably on a daily basis. Sometimes we just have headphones on and we're not necessarily hearing what is there. And at times there is maybe stillness and and quiet as, you know, for whatever reason in that season, you know, you're just supposed to be. And so I would say it was probably six months that was really intense of us. It's funny how it works because I was ready to kind of make this decision. And then I got a promotion. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a big promotion. And, you know, all of a sudden, on paper, I had everything that I had been working so hard for. Yeah. And I thought, well, isn't this funny, you know, that I would get the promotion. Um, and it was, I don't know that it was truly a test, but it it took that second to say, wow, well, this is interesting because now it is, the carrot is being dangled, you know? And so it took six months to try to figure out like, what am I supposed to really do? And what I just did, which I don't know, you know, it might help others is I was just praying, God, show me your purpose mm-hmm. for my life. I just kept praying for six months. God, what's my purpose? Yeah. Because I think I needed to have a better understanding of that to kind of feel comfortable with the next step. And I feel like God was silent for like six months. Mm. And I don't know if he was silent or I just wasn't listening or it was part of the process. Yeah. But um, we were a part of a journey of generosity event. And at the end of the event, we, uh, we spent some time just kind of in reflection and prayer. And I prayed that same prayer again. And it was like, it was like so clear as day that God was saying, Jessica, your purpose is people. Mm-hmm. It's always been people. 
And I just bawled. I mean, I just, wow. I just sat there crying. I'm getting emotional even thinking about it yeah. now because I was praying. I was asking God to show me his purpose for my life, but I kind of already knew what it was, but I needed to hear that to say, you know what? God's always going to put me in a place to pursue my passion for people. And it, it's regardless of my position. Yeah, Like I needed to know that purpose and passion, totally separate from position. And, you know, maybe, yes, I'll go back to corporate world someday. Maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. But as long as I'm pursuing God's passion and purpose for my life, the rest will work out. And it sounds like as he said that, all of a sudden you saw the through line. All of a sudden you saw from every single one of those jobs, it was the people and it was the way that you were able to connect that really made that role fulfilling all along the journey. Yeah, it, hindsight's twenty twenty. Right. But it's so, when I look back now, I'm like, wow. Every time I was put into a position to connect people or to pour into them or to develop them. And it's so funny, I, I shared that with a friend of mine, like I'd had this epiphany. Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and she goes, duh, I already knew that, <laughs> you know? I'm like, yeah. well, why didn't you tell me, you know? And, but sometimes you just don't see it yourself. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it was just that clarity that, you know what, even if I don't have the position or the title, God's still gonna put me in places where I can connect and create authentic, genuine relationships with people. Yeah. And that's my purpose. That's really good. And I love that posture of, of prayer of, God, what is my purpose? You know, so often we think we have to pray for specific things. God, uh, may this, you know, I want this account to go through, uh, praying for the big cell, praying for the health of my kids, praying for, you know, this home, praying for, like we, we pray for all this stuff, but we don't pray for wisdom. We don't pray for insight. We don't, we don't pray for even just desire to do something, you know, to, to just put it out there and say, God, I, I need some clarity on this. I need wisdom on this. I need to know what your purpose is for my life. I need to have a renewed passion for this thing. Whatever it is to pray that open-handed prayer before God and then just wait until he fulfills it, until he gives that answer. So that's that's really good. So you've been out of the corporate world now for about a year, but uh, you haven't stopped uh, moving and and making an impact and doing things. What are you up to today? Yeah, so when I first first left, I left about a year ago. Um, you feel a little bit like a floundering fish for a little while because all of a sudden you've got structure and you've got sort of this day to day plan. I didn't have a plan, mm-hmm. so in typical Jessica fashion, I um, went out and tried to come up with a plan really quick. So I started applying for jobs, which kind of defeated the purpose of the whole plan, right? Right, right. But that was me panicking. That was me worrying. That was me, I'm not in control, you know? How do I control this situation? And, you know, I got some no's. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, I, I remember getting a no on one and just bawling my eyes out to my husband. And he's like, you've only been unemployed for like four weeks. Like, chill out. You know, but that was just that false sense of of control that you know when we're not fully trusting. And there was it was a bit of a roller coaster ride for a couple months. So 
Um, but was on a trip and, and God just, again, those promptings, those sort of, I feel like they're like little ideas that just pop into my head sometimes. And it was like, hey, why don't you try doing what you're doing for yourself? You know, you've always expressed interest in being an entrepreneur and thought, well, that's, a, that's an interesting idea. So um, yeah, I reached out to some connections that I had. Come to find out they had a big project opportunity. And so I bid it uh, very quickly, figured out how to start a company, you mm-hmm. know, go to the school of Google and figure <laughs> out right. how to do it all. And uh, yeah, so within 90 days, I was awarded a, a business award with a national retailer that really sort of set the foundation wow. for the business. And it was like, wow, God, this is pretty cool. You did this in like 90 days, which is, you know, for me can be still a long time, but it was really pretty (laughs) quick, actually. And now you get to be your own boss. So uh, if there's uh, 72 flights in a year, that's your fault. That's no one else is putting that on you, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, it's it's kind of funny. I told my husband, I'm like, all right, we're going to lose status. We're going to lose all this stuff, you know. That I and, and it's like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, I get to sleep in my own bed. So, so yeah. So that's been great. So uh, the I own a you know my own retail consultancy. So I work with national retailers, local small businesses, really to develop a branding, marketing strategy, sort of go to market strategy. Um, I also help connect them with manufacturers to actually create products that go into thousands of stores. Um, So really taking just everything that I've done to this point to be able to kind of be doing all the things, you know, as a solopreneur, I kind of say that's my little terminology, but... Um, but yeah, it's been great and, and God's blessed, you know, the opportunities that we've had and I get to be home and I, I get to create something again. Yeah. And you're uh, pursuing your doctorate. And I am, yes. So I decided that, uh, you know, in the, in the step of, in this time of reflection and, and really thinking about passions and purpose, um, I actually... Um, my college students, I have them sometimes think about themselves as a child. Mm-hmm. And I think, think about yourself as a child and think about the thing that you love to do when you played at playtime. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're with friends or alone, what was that? And so I'll get answers like, oh, playing school or playing restaurant or, you know, tearing things apart so I can put them back together. Um, I hear a lot of really fun things. Yeah. And I say, well, what is it about that particular thing that you think could be a passion that actually you've had since a child? Think about that. How does that translate into things that you're passionate about today? And so in this process, I kind of had lost this dream I had had as a child. You know, when most people are saying they want to be a veterinarian or a marine biologist Mm -hmm. or something cool, you know, I was like, I want to be a college professor. (laughs) I was like eight years old saying that. And so I had somewhat forgotten that dream. Not necessarily forgotten it, but you get so busy pursuing all these other things. And I thought, gosh, I was really passionate about that. So I just applied. I went on the Grand Canyon University website and applied for a bunch of teaching jobs. Yeah, I don't know anybody there. I don't have my doctorate. I got a call. (laughs) <laughs> They're like, come in for an interview. And uh, so I've been teaching. I've been teaching at the business school there, a couple classes. And I love it. I love pouring into them. Sometimes we talk about marketing and sometimes we talk about life. And yeah. sometimes we talk about purpose. And 
as a Christian-based university, I'm able to, you know, pray in the class. We're able to talk about integrating faith into their career and into their lives. And, you know, a lot of them are getting ready to graduate and they don't know what they want to do. And I'm able to give them real life kind of, hey, I've, I've been there. Here's what I've learned. Here's what you will have to learn. Um, and I, I love it. I just love seeing them in that stage. And it's just been extremely rewarding to be a part of. So yeah, Keeps you connected to relationships again. Yeah, it does. So Professor Berger, uh, there's uh, you know, four, four Ps in, in marketing, uh, product, price, place, and promotion. Uh, but you said you've kind of taken those four and have applied them to your life. And I thought this was like really key. So if you're listening, uh, you know, grab something to write this down or come back to it later, uh, kind of four uh, P's of purpose that, that you've been uh, thinking about and working on. Yeah. So when I have new students in my marketing classes, I say that if they learn one thing this semester, I want them to learn the four P's. That's sort of my baseline expectation. But through this journey, I would say a journey, whether it be my whole life, the last two years, really more focused everything for me has come back to this idea of my personal four Ps. So the first one is passion. Um, or actually, the first one is purpose, I'm sorry. And with your purpose, it's what were you put on this earth to do? What did God uniquely put you here to do and to be a part of? Because each of us has a purpose and that purpose doesn't have to be your position. It can be, again, what you are uniquely here to do. And so for me, that was finding, you know, my purpose of people specifically. Then I think the second one is that passion piece. So I give that example of what was it that you did as a child that brought you joy? What were the kinds of things you did when you didn't have the distractions of today? And digging deep to identify what those passions are, because those passions are not just there, you know, they're not there by accident. Those passions are there because God placed them in your heart. And those are the things that will bring you joy. And so being able to align your purpose and your passion is really where I find true joy, true self-fulfillment, true, um, you know, I'm living for a, a higher purpose and for God's calling and just sort of living in that day-to-day -day struggle or emotion or frustration or whatever it is I'm dealing in that moment. The third one's people. For me, that happens to be my purpose. But for everyone, people is so important because people is really building your community. So who's your tribe, kind of? For me, it's been identifying those people in our family's life that are absolutely in our corner. You know, if if we have a struggle or we're dealing with something, they're gonna be there. And finding that community is really where you find that authentic connection um, to be able to be supported in, in, in all those other things. And so for us, that's been in you know our neighborhood group and connecting with neighbors. It's been, again, finding those friends, creating opportunities for connection. You know, we open our door a lot for just parties or get togethers or let's do neighborhood Christmas caroling. I had this crazy mm -hmm. idea a couple of years ago that I wanted to do Christmas caroling. And my husband's like, nobody Christmas carols in Arizona. <laughs> but, you know, I put together a flyer. I said, come, 
And we had like 100 people in our house to yeah. go Christmas caroling. And I was like, this is awesome. We're meeting people. So people is so important because I think that's where you then can find that connection, which we all are created for that connection. And then a fourth one is priorities. Mm. You know, it's like I said earlier, that work-life balance, it's possible, but it's always a balance. You're constantly balancing. And I think for us, it's just identifying those priorities so that you're not saying yes to something else at the expense of saying no to something that is a priority. And, um, you know, taking that time to just self-reflect. I mean, we can build New Year's resolutions. We can create all these goals for ourselves. But for me, it has come back to, if I kind of have a good understanding of those four things, and I'm using that as the lens as I make decisions, I've noticed that it makes a big difference for me. Purpose, passion, people, priorities. You live by those four Ps and uh, look out. Uh, like God's going to use you to do incredible things. Uh, any last words of encouragement that you'd want to give to somebody as they're driving into work this morning, as they're getting ready, as they're listening to this podcast, uh, ready for, for another Monday, another work week? Yeah, I think just recognizing that at the end of the day, we all have our unique path, our own unique journey. You know, it's so easy to sort of look outside of ourselves and say, gosh, I wish I had that. Or I wish I could do that. Or gosh, I, I just, I'm really, I love that. I don't have time for that. Or what, whatever things that we sort of position. And I would say at the end of the day, like God wants us to live a fulfilled life, full of joy, full of purpose, full of passion. And so I would encourage, you know, everyone to just take the time to take a moment to really reflect on those things. And really just to ask, pray to God, say, God, you know what? Show me your purpose for my life. Remind me of my passions that I maybe forgotten as a child. Help me to connect with the people that are going to support me and encourage me and help me to be the person you want me to be. And at the end of the day, help me to make sure that I'm prioritizing the things that have meaning and value to you, to my family, that I'm not sacrificing um, the purpose and the passion you have for my life because I'm busy, because I'm stressed out, because I'm investing in these things that I think I need to invest in, where at the end of the day, it could be as simple as saying, hey, my passion is people. And so as long as I am always pursuing that and I'm always honoring that particular purpose for my life, God, you're gonna honor whatever it is I'm doing whether I'm working for a corporate uh, you know, company, doing my own thing, a stay-at-home mom, you know, whatever it is, I think if I use that as a bit of a compass, um, you know, God really ordains the rest of it. And so, so I, would just, I would just encourage people to recognize that your path is unique and God's got it figured out already. Like yeah. your journey is already laid out. You just gotta take a minute to listen. That's so good. So good. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. This was great. Well, this was awesome. Such good insights. And for those of you that are listening, don't forget, God has good work prepared in advance for you to do. So until next time, remember that you were made for Monday. Monday.